Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. And on each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing twelve crops of fruit yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. Holy Father, sanctify us in the truth for your word is truth. Help us today to fix our eyes on Jesus, to behold and meditate on the splendour and incomparableness of heaven, which is our inheritance even now through faith in your victorious Son and our Saviour, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. So this morning our focus is on heaven. And there's a picture and, you know, there's just no adequate picture to actually represent or reflect heaven. There's no picture, no drawing, no illustration that can actually uh, depict it. But we've made our way here, uh, especially after looking last Sunday at the, the new uh, Jerusalem and uh, that vision and focusing on our Lord who makes all things new in and through Jesus Christ. And so here we are today, we're at the end of Revelation 21 and the beginning of chapter 22 And we hear the vivid, and it is vivid, the picture language of this vision that describes pearl gates, uh, streets of gold that are somehow also like transparent glass, and all as the glory of the Lord shines forth in an environment completely free of all impurity. And then there's a river and the water of life, clear as crystal, flows forth from the throne of God and of the Lamb, And the tree of life is present. There's a bit of a surprise. Actually, if someone can, can they turn this fan off? Because it's going to play havoc with my mic. Thanks. So as you have this water of the river of life uh, uh, flowing from the uh, throne, the surprises are present. You've got the tree of life there. Not the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but you've got the tree of life. You've got the statement that says there is no longer any curse And the people of God dwell together, bearing his name and reigning forever and ever. Let me ask you, do you think about heaven? Do you wonder what it's like? Well, this is not a depiction of heaven, let me assure you, but I mentioned last week the redevelopment of the North Adelaide Uh, precinct, not heaven, not heaven. Um, And while I was at Synod, there was a gentleman who was involved in the planning and he took me into a room where Synod Synod was being held and he had there all kinds of illustrations and blueprints and drawings of the um, redevelopment and what it would look like. And in fact, those drawings were so amazing. He had aerial views of uh, Archer Street and Jeffcott Street where the seminary is and national office and everything. He had uh, all that redeveloped with this multi-level thing coming out of the ground. Uh, He had side facade 
uh, illustrations so that you could see exactly what uh, Australian Lutheran College was going to look like from the street view, even with the stone fence, everything there. uh, You would actually know exactly or pretty much how everything was going to look. That's not the kind of thing that we have before us in Revelation. That would be a mistake. The picture language of Revelation isn't meant to give you a blueprint of heaven's dimensions along with you know, a kind of floor plan of what your accommodation in heaven is going to be like. Can you imagine what would happen if God did that? Can you imagine what would happen if he gave us a blueprint of exactly you know, dimensions and how everything was exactly going to be My worry is that uh, what would happen is that there would be some kind of website rise up straight away. They'd be trying to sell heaven off the plan. We really would. And it would be like, oh, look, my apartment, I've only got a view of these glorious mountains, not the golden boulevard that you've got. I want that one. And it would all get into havoc. So God doesn't give us that because he knows actually what we're like. He gives us these wonderful vision and these wonderful heavenly pictures uh, to encourage us. But, you know, thinking about that, getting envious about what others would have in heaven, that's symptomatic of what lies behind the picture of Revelation 21 and 22. It really is. One of the reasons that within the vision you see the tree of life, that you see the great river and that you have reference to the curse, which is no longer, is because Revelation is telling you something about Genesis. Revelation is telling you something about Genesis And in Genesis, we decided to be our own masters and everything fell apart. Actually, what happened in Genesis 3, a curse descended on us. And as a a result of that, everything fell apart for you and me too. Psychologically, socially, physically, psychologically, we lost who we really are. We don't know who we really are anymore. And we've come apart socially so that gender is against gender and class against class, race against race. And like we recognised just last week, we're physically falling apart because we're subject to death and decay. That is the curse. Well, if that's the case, what is and where is heaven? And with great caution and trembling, and I mean that, with great caution and trembling, heaven is the place of God's glory. And yet heaven is not just a place, it is the healing power from the very presence of God. Heaven is the complete healing, the complete renewal and the complete restoration of this world. It's not an alternative to this life, that somehow we want to cop out of this life and and be somewhere easier. It's not that. And that means that we actually don't despise the world We don't despise our bodies. We don't despise God's creation in the hope of fluttering off into the spiritual realm somewhere as spirits. Instead, instead as Christians, we actually recognise that Jesus was incarnate of the Holy Spirit, fully God, fully man, with a body. That he bore all of our sickness and our brokenness and sin in his body on the cross that he was raised bodily, that he ascended to the right hand of God bodily and that you too will be raised bodily in the life of the world to come. You're not a spirit that's going to flutter off somewhere. That's not it. Heaven is the complete healing and renewal and restoration of this world. It is the healing power from the presence of God and it is the place of God's glory. 
I wonder if you could finish a song for me. How bold are you feeling? If I sang, imagine there's no... Well done. Imagine there's no heaven. That's what John Lennon wrote. He wrote this song, imagining that there is no heaven. I mean, why on earth would he think that's a good idea? Why would he think that? The lyrics go on to say, No hell beneath us, above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. And then the words say, uh, after um, imagine no religion to, imagine all the people living life in peace. Let me ask you from your own real life experience, what happens to peace when everyone that you know is living for all they can get today? What happens to peace when everyone's in it for today and all they can get? Peace disappears, doesn't it? It, it goes and you know what this is actually like because you end up in worry, you end up in fear and, and what do you think worry is? What do you think worry is? Worry is when you lay in bed at night or you sit in your chair and you're imagining. You're using your imagination sometimes to the point where you burst into tears because the pictures that you're imagining just get worse and worse and worse. What is fear? What is fear? You're imagining. You're depicting. You're painting pictures in your mind of all the awful things that could possibly happen. It's a result of the curse as we're coming apart. That's what happens. But even if you took the most positive spin on what John Lennon was saying, imagine there's no heaven, what he's thinking is that if we live for today, if we know today is all we have, then we're going to live it well, he thinks. We're going to take care of each other. We're going to make it a good place, a good planet, a good world, a good today. And the Bible says no. Genesis screams, no. The blood of Abel cries out, no, that is not reality. That is not how it really is. And we know that throughout our time in Revelation, we've, been, we've heard so many times that the ancient people who first received this message had already suffered and were facing a tremendous amount of persecution. You imagine anyone in this world who's facing all kinds of persecution. You face it, I face it, the world faces it on a whole different level to what we do in Australia. Now imagine, if you can, how despairing John Lennon's song actually is. The Lord is calling you today to use your imagination in a completely different way to the way that song depicts. We're not called to use our imagination as some thinking of heaven as some kind of pie-in-the-sky mirage that isn't really true. That's not it. We're called to think as Christians, to think, and that is actually a good thing to think. We're called to use the imagination, which is a gift of God, but use it, and hear this, but use it subject to the authority and the truth of the living Word of God. And so we set our minds on Christ because the promises of God are secure and the truth of God declares that heaven is like pure gold, gold like transparent glass. Heaven is like a kingdom. Heaven is like a wedding. Heaven is like a great banquet or feast. Heaven is like the clearest river of delights flowing out of the very throne of God and of the Lamb. Heaven is like seeing face to face. And on the one hand it's saying, imagine this. Depict it. Think about such glorious things. 
And on the other hand, it's saying now realise that heaven is infinitely greater and so much more than anything that you could possibly hope or imagine. And it doesn't say that to disappoint you. That's not to disappoint you at all, but rather to say that your inheritance is greater than you can ever imagine. But don't stop imagining because it will give you courage and it will give you hope and it will give you perseverance and it will help you to think about these things and set your mind on Christ in the heavenly places when things around you are crumbling and falling apart and you don't feel wonderful. Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 18, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. Hear what he's saying? The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared. How did Paul face the things he faced? And gee, he faced a lot. He faced shipwrecks, he snake bites, prison, chains, stonings, beatings, floggings, being lowered down city walls in baskets. He was pursued, hard-pressed on every side, knocked down. How did he face those things? He faced those things the same way the ancient people and the same way you and I reading Revelation today are being called to face stuff. Paul said, you know, I considered, I compared in every situation I faced and I know that what I'm faced with is not worthy to be compared with the heavenward prize which is mine through my Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. In calmness or in times when he felt like he's being tossed around by the seas, Paul's thinking, he's weighing things up in light of the promises of God. I want to say today that that doesn't make Paul, just as much as it doesn't make you so heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good or use. Setting your mind on the things of God and on his promises and on heaven does not make you so heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good or use. In fact, it does the opposite because when you grasp the fullness of God's promises and the life of the world to come, when you grasp that heaven is yours as a person in Christ, it frees you from crippling worry, crippling anxiety and crippling fear. It frees you from that. Imagining no heaven like John Lennon, that cripples you. That turns you in on yourself in this life. That has you staring at your own belly button to seek the greatest comfort and security in earthly things and things that you ultimately will know and discover will not satisfy you. That's why we have so many wealthy people in the world, so many people that we look at who we think have got it all and they're so desperately unhappy. The joy of heaven gives you rest from all of that. It gives you rest in the Lord's grace and favour. It gives you joy in the Spirit and such gratitude that you long to share in the Lord's mission to all people in this world that they might know the heaven and the reality of the inheritance that you have. You want them to know that. It gives you freedom to love sacrificially with your heart set on a new heaven and a new earth because you know that this is not the abiding city. And as people filled with the Spirit's power, heaven and the view of heaven, being heavenly minded, 
enables you to lift up your hearts to the Lord and enjoy him forever. And that begins now. Heaven is the complete healing, the complete renewal and the complete restoration of this world. It is the healing power from the presence of God and it is the place of God's glory. And heaven is yours through faith in Jesus Christ. And so no longer will there be any curse, says Revelation 22. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. No longer will there be any curse. Imagine that. Well, actually, you don't have to. You don't have to imagine that. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Galatians 3.13 For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Through his substitutionary life and death and resurrection, your heavenly Father has rescued you from the dominion of darkness and brought you into the kingdom of the Son whom he loves, in whom you have redemption, the forgiveness of all your sins. And if you have been brought into the kingdom of the Son whom he loves, you are in Christ. Heaven is yours. Every spiritual blessing is yours. Forgiveness of every sin is yours today. Eternal life in the healing presence of God is yours now. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Really, all you need to know today is that where you're going, the fullness of the Lord will be. And you will enjoy him and you will rejoice in the gospel forever and ever. I'll finish with these verses from the book of Philippians. Paul again writing to the church at Philippi. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the joy set before us in heaven. We thank you that we have your word and as we enter into it, we gain a deeper and deeper knowledge and and grasp in our hearts of who we actually are in you, of every spiritual blessing that you've poured into our lives and that is ours by faith today and that what awaits all who hope in you and who confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
And so we pray, Lord, that you would be with us, that you would protect each one of us, this congregation, this church, our parish, our school, everything that's in our community, that you would watch over us and protect us. We pray that you would be with all those who aren't here this day. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.